0: Welcome back to what do you want to watch the show hosted by myself, Nathan English and David Dirks college basketball season is over back-to-back days, back-to-back national championship games earlier this week. One was entertaining for mostly off the court reasons. One was not really entertaining at all. Both were blowouts, unfortunately, but we're still going to recap what happened, what those mean historically both men's and women's and of course we're going to talk about some controversy because david and i just love love a good controversy love the team i've I've never been more excited honestly for for Mm. anything other than other than drama so some some are saying some are saying people are saying you know so we're going to talk about all that coming up right after this little just beautiful musical interlude Uh, everybody just just a friendly reminder david made that music in like three minutes um just like on the tablet one afternoon um and it's fine so shout out to garage band shout out to garage band um and shout out to bands that play in garages you know th- those guys it's are true. important too
1: you got to start somewhere
0: right exactly you know mm. garage basement speaking sunroom. of
1: starting somewhere
0: Let's start (laughs) with the Women's National Championship game. Iowa versus LSU. LSU scored 102 points and walloped Iowa on Sunday afternoon. They shot lights out from the floor, had a couple of huge bench performances. Uh, Angel Reese was named player of the tournament, uh, the LSU forward. 21 points, 15 rebounds a game. She had 15 points and 10 rebounds in the title game. I'm not going to lie to you. I haven't really been paying a whole lot of attention to women's basketball as a whole. Um, I have been watching Caitlin Clark throughout the year as I did last year. Um, Generally how my college women's basketball uh, viewing habits go is, I pick one player who is just insane and I'll just watch them. Uh, Like when Sabrina Inescu had that streak of triple doubles at Oregon, I was just watching it pretty much every game she played. So, uh, Caitlin Clark is the same way. Iowa comes up short. David You're rooting for Iowa this whole time. Was there a lot of disappointment for you Sunday afternoon when they just they just were never in this game really?
1: Yeah, a little bit. I think there wasn't a an insane amount cuz I you know, I've watched a total of four women's basketball games this year and they were all Iowa. So, you know, what little mm-hmm. connection I had was to the Hawkeyes. Um, and it's, it's like hard. Cause like, okay, Caitlin Clark still went off, balled off. So it's like, this is still entertaining, mm-hmm. you know, but yeah, it would have been nice just mm-hmm. to see them, see them win. Not again. I'm not a crazy Iowa fan. I don't know. It's just, that's the team I was watching and Caitlin Clark is a savage and a stud. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, I believe it's the most
0: viewed um, national title game in college women's basketball history. Um, got wow. more viewers than a couple of NHL Final games, World Series games, NBA final games, a couple of regular season NFL games. So you know, it, it, a lot a lot of people were watching it. And a lot of people were watching for Caitlin Clark, who you've already talked about, 30 points, eight assists, two rebounds in the title game. Kind of an off game for her, considering what she did in the tournament. She's been since been named Naismith Player of the Year. She averaged 27.8 points, 7 rebounds, and 8 assists all season in her 6 tournament games. Scored 191 points, had 60 assists, and 30 rebounds. Of course, she had a 40-point triple-double in the Final Four game, which is the first 40-point triple-double in college basketball tournament history also was the first 30-point triple-double in college basketball tournament history because nobody's done that before either. Mm. She set a record for threes in a women's championship game with eight, threes in a women's tournament with 32, and points in an NCAA tournament, men's and women's, with 191. David, is Caitlin Clark now just a must-watch athlete? Anytime that you see her game is on, do you have to tune in? I mean,
1: I, I think so. I think, I mean... Who was I? Shoot, I was watching someone, and, and they called her the the Steph Curry of women's college basketball. And I mean, that's a high bar to set, but I think she hits it. I mean, as you just read off the accomplishments she's hit, I honestly would be curious to see, you know, eight threes in a championship game. That might be more than even a men's. I don't know what the men's record is for that, but it has to be close, if not more than that. I don't know. You you may not have mm-hmm. that in front of you, but. I can, um, I can, I can try to pull it up. She, yeah, I think it's easily must watch because elite eight game she scored forty points. Final four games she scored forty points, and then obviously in the national championship games she still hit thirty points and hit eight threes, and I, that's just really impressive to do. You have a lot of players, you know, have one big performance or this or that, but uh, she's just consistently been able to do it. So I, I'm, yeah, must watch athlete for sure. Um, okay, so
0: the men's record, which is just absurd, is a player named Keith Vaney who played at Marshall in the 80s or, or Moorhead State, sorry, in the night, No, Marshall in the 80s. Why? This is such a confusing stat the way that they're saying it. Okay, 15. Which oh is gosh. more than the NBA record threes in a game. So that, that man was just going, That's that man right. was going on. ham. He was unconscious. I don't. I don't really. Is that
1: is that okay. forty five points?
0: Yeah, that's that's alone in points. threes. Oh my goodness. Yeah. yeah. So it seems, but,
1: but still, Wait, yeah, that... must.
0: Okay. Yeah. Whatever. Must watch Caitlin Clark. You're absolutely right. Let... Yeah. Okay. So you threw out Steph Curry. Um. Who is, you think the other the other people on that list of much watched athletes? So you got Caitlin Clark, Steph Curry. Who else?
1: Bias, but I think Patrick Mahomes. Wait, no are you is, in all sports? You're you thinking all sports? Hey, you
0: you can do anything.
1: Yeah, I think LeBron has to fall into that. Just with his tenure and just he's still going at the age he's going. Um, trying to think, Tiger Woods. That yeah, Tiger's
0: in contention on on a
1: Sunday of a golf tournament. Yeah, yeah. you're there. Um, I don't know. You what? What are you thinking? I'm I'm trying to pick a few from each sport. I'm
0: trying to think of players players that aren't necessarily even the best. Obviously, Caitlin Clark, Patrick Mahomes, Steph Curry is no longer the best player in the NBA. He was in that discussion before. He's still probably top ten. Um, but I'm trying to think of players that just have that wow factor. Um, that you just you want to watch Sh- them.
1: Shohei, Shohei Otani. Troy so Otani
0: would be would be a great one for baseball. Yeah, that just guys that and and women obviously that just are insanely gifted and can just light up the stat sheet no matter what. Caitlin Clark did yeah. that. Um, yeah. Now we got to talk about whatever the heck is going on with this whole controversial situation. So if you watch the game or if you've been on social media, you'll know what we're talking about probably, but if not just a recap, Caitlin Clark um, is a very confident um, player who likes to trash talk. She, she just does frequently. Um, and in the final four game against another, against Louisville, she hit a huge three with, I don't remember six minutes left in the third quarter, I think. And as she was walking back to the bench, she did the John Cena. You can't see me taunt. Mm -hmm. She didn't directly. She, it wasn't directed at a Louisville player was directed at her own bench. She was just showing off. So we get to the championship game and Angel Reese does the, you can't see me taunt to Caitlin Clark when they're at the free throw line with less than a minute left. And it's where we know for sure LSU's going to win. And then she starts pointing to her ring finger, which is a very common celebration for people winning championships to do no. that. Yeah. So, and it, it continues. And then LSU is taking the ball out with like 20 seconds left and Angel Reese is following Caitlin Clark around for a good seven or eight seconds doing the you can't see me taunt and pointing at her ring finger again, clearly trying to antagonize Caitlin in some form or fashion or show her up. Now, there's been a lot of people that have thrown out the word classless. David, would you describe it as classless, or would you even use the term classless when you're talking about sports taunting?
1: I don't think so. Um, I don't think that... I think Angel Reese was in the wrong, but I don't think it by any means it was classless. Um, I don't know. I'm not opposed to taunting. I think in in the NFL, the rules are just too strict. Like let the guys have fun. I'm never going to be opposed, especially like that. It doesn't harm a player or a fan. Like let them taunt, let them have fun. And I think, I think it was fun. I mean, yeah. You know, if you're on the Caitlin Clark side, okay, that happened a couple games ago. It wasn't directed at a player, it had nothing to do with LSU. But also, like, you know, Caitlin Clark was saying stuff throughout the game. We don't hear what's being said, but you know they're kind of chirping back and forth. It happens most games in every sport that they're talking back and forth. And uh Angel Reese won won that argument, and Caitlin Clark has even said, like, there should be no criticism towards Angel. Um, like She played a wonderful game, right? She deserved to talk. She deserved to talk trash because she played well and they won the championship. You know. So Mm -hmm. even the one that was the, not the victim, but the the focus, the one it was directed at. Yeah, Yeah. like she even said, like, guys, come on. So now I do think there's another flip side. I I watched commentary that said like if if you have any slightest problem with this, then, um, well, we don't have to go. We don't have to go there. But, I know yeah. where
0: you're going, and we kind of have to go there. Um, I will say, so I agree with you. I think using the term classless is pretty stupid
1: Yeah. Um,
0: yep. in any sort of scenario because if you've ever won anything cool like that in your life, which most of us have not reached that pinnacle, but we've all had a level of success, you kind of act a fool. Like That's just natural because you're so elated about what's going on that yeah. normally you you don't even realize what you're doing until you're doing it classless I don't think is correct she didn't hit Caitlyn Clark she wasn't even directly up in Caitlyn Clark's face she wasn't saying you know she wasn't hurling insults at Caitlyn but they weren't like
1: fighting all game they they weren't no bickering like any of that
0: it's corny that's what I'll say what Angel Reese did was corny and here's why you waited until there was no doubt left to taunt that's that's corny, that's cheap, that, that shows either a lack of confidence in, in that you want to taunt, but you don't know what's going to happen, or you just, you weren't enjoying the moment in the way that most people would, which I understand mm-hmm. is Angel Reese can do whatever she wants. But what was so weird about it was she was following Caitlin Clark around while the rest of her team was celebrating you know, like, go celebrate with your teammates. It looked, it made you look dumb. Now, I don't think it made her look classless. I don't think Angel no. Reese should be criticized in the way that, like, people are calling for her to be. I saw somebody tweet that, like, she should be kicked off the team and made an example <laughs> of that you need to have okay. sportsmanship. Like, that person should delete Twitter and then uninstall <laughs> the app, like, yes. off of their phone. And, yeah, no. Delete their account. But – I do think it's going to make her look dumb and it's going to be something that gets brought up. But now she's opened herself up, which this is the nature of competition is soon. And I mean, as soon as LSU falters, this is going to be done right in her face. Yep. And I'm sure she's fine with that. Now, what you hinted at earlier, uh, there is a little, you can't ignore the racial component here. Um, And what I will say is everybody that was upset or mad at Angel Reese is not necessarily racist when they were upset or mad. However, if you are one of the people that called LSU the team made up of all black women, a group of thugs, while you said that the perfect white Iowa women's basketball team were model citizens, you are part of the problem, and I need you to reevaluate yourself. If you ever use the language thugs to describe, you know, people that are taunting, that's a little ridiculous.
1: Yeah. Thugs
0: are people that try to inflict harm. And I would say just to be safe, just don't use it. Don't use the yeah. term. Don't use the term. But yeah, there is a little bit of... I, I saw a few comments about, you know, misogynistic comments about Angel Reese and... And about, you know, black women and that this is why, you know, making comments on her appearance. And look, nobody was doing this when Caitlin Clark was celebrating. Yes, it's a little different context. But every time I saw her taunting, people were retweeting it saying her. She's literally her. She's literally the best. You know, yeah, Caitlin yep. Clark's a beast. And then when Angel Reese does it, it's she's a thug. She's a clown. She's a fool um and and there's got to be there is a component there i i don't Mm -hmm. think you can ignore it now what i want to ask you so i i don't know if you saw this i didn't put this in the outline but do you see that jill biden invited both of them both teams to the white house i saw that and i thought it was is it a joke or was it serious no she actually did that she actually came out and invited both teams to the white house and I, i would just like to say jill biden that is soft as hell you cannot do that. No, that's not how it works. I don't care if they played a good game and, you know, Iowa drew a lot of eyeballs to the sport. They didn't win the title, which Caitlin Clark has said this herself. They didn't win the title. And yeah. if you don't win the title, you don't get to go to the White House. That's just, sorry. That's just the way it works.
1: Yeah, I that was ridiculous. I was like, I really hope that's not true. I mean, even if they did, I don't think I don't think Iowa would would chill, no. like do well, it. well now respect- LSU's not going to respectfully go. decline. Really, I don't
0: think LSU's going to go because Angel Reese was like was interviewed afterwards and she said, "Yeah, I mean that's a little disrespectful that you know when we win a championship, we're going to be the only team in history that has to go with the team that we beat. Like that's rude, you know. That's that's I and Joe nice. Biden has come out and apologized for it." Um, but I, I think the damage is done. I think Angel Reese said, We'll just go and hang out with Obama. Yeah, um, that's an L. Which is yeah, that's just tough. All of this though, I think I think there's been more conversations I've had about women's basketball this week than I've ever had before. Do you think that I mean, even the controversy, you know, the the whole taunting thing, do you think that this is actually kind of good for women's basketball? I
1: think so. I think – um, what's what's like the saying, especially like in no, the like – new
0: all publicity n- is good publicity.
1: Yeah, yeah, especially like in the newspaper of like all publicity is good publicity. So like I, I think this helps women's basketball because people are talking about it. And guess, you know, especially next year, guess who's going to be like tuning in. Like even if they want Angel Reese to mess up, they're yeah. still going to be watching – that's going to be views that the NCAA women's basketball is getting, you know? So I think yeah. it helps him for sure.
0: Yeah. And I think uh, Reese is prepared to be the villain, even if she shouldn't be, it seems like in comments afterwards, she's like, yeah, I don't really care if people hate me. Like I'm fine with that, which yeah. is good. But this is like the, the way that people talk about women's sports is infuriating often because it it feels almost patronizing. And I hate when ESPN does this, the comments, whenever they post things like, you know, I, it's just, it's like a phony uplifting post. It seems about like women's sports and like, mm. you, you, you know, the comments are all like, get back in the kitchen. And just the dumbest humans on the earth somehow congregate in the ESPN comment section. I didn't <laughs> see any of that stuff whenever Iowa was making a run, their final four or their elite eight game or any of that. I mean, there were obviously arguments about what happened in the, at the end of the championship game, but it wasn't the normal idiot misogynist out there just commenting on stuff. Were they still there? Probably, but they were being drowned out by people that legitimately cared. And what you need is people to be invested and people are invested in the story of Caitlin Clark. People are invested now maybe in hating LSU and, and Angel Reese. And I should say sports hate is okay. Actually hating the person is not okay, but hating a person because they are good at a sport is perfectly fine. If you're keeping it within the context of human decency, for example, David and I both detest Tom Brady because he was good. And so I told David that if he watched 80 for Brady, we would no longer be friends because I hate Tom Brady in a sports way. I don't wish bad things on Tom Brady. I don't know why I should have to say that, but you kind of do. And I think this is what's going to happen with Angel Reese is that she may become the villain. She may become like 2011 LeBron when he went to the heat, right? And he became the villain of the league. Yep. And I think it's going to be good. I think it's going to be good for women's sports. I think it's good for women's basketball.
1: Yeah. Well, I know for sure, like they gained a viewer in me because next year, like obviously I pay attention to the women's basketball but i'm gonna be watching caitlin Clark a lot next year um, oh yeah absolutely so uh you know as as absolutely more often than i did this year because it was like sweet 16 to the championship was really all i watched um but yeah i'll absolutely be paying attention because she's coming back and she might even be, might even be better which is kind of hard mm-hmm. to think about you know mm-hmm. so no and i'm excited confess- and yeah I will confess that I don't understand the WNBA
0: draft rules. I don't know why she's not eligible. She's a junior. She just ended ended her junior season. Mm -hmm. I don't know why she can't go to the WNBA. But this is now maybe you could spin as an advantage that women's sports have over men's sports. Caitlin Clark is clearly the best player in college basketball and will be a great WNBA player when she gets drafted, but she's staying in college. Hmm. Even when we get all excited about these men's basketball prospects, they're normally there for one season and then that's it. Like, yeah, everybody tuned in to watch Zion play at Duke, but Zion was gone after a year, you know? So Caitlin Clark, you know, you have multiple years of getting the success, which is rare in college sports now with the way that pro sports work and, and people just jump immediately as soon as they can, you know? So I think that weirdly it's, it, it's probably not beneficial for Caitlin Clark. Although I would imagine with NIL deals, she can probably make close to, if not more than a WNBA salary playing at Iowa.
1: Honestly, I mean,
0: she's got to have national sponsorships lined up. And so, yeah, you can watch this team and be attached to, you know, a player in college sports, which is harder and harder
1: to do now. Yeah. Um, So, well, and you even mentioned she's going to have success in the WNBA. I, I have no doubt that that's going to happen. Just she could shoot. Like, yeah, you know, if you can shoot in today's professional basketball like landscape, you're going to be okay, right? You, if if you're shooting – you can score, four, you're fine. If you shoot 47% and you're hitting, you know, five threes a game, if you're a little slow, if you're a little rough on the defensive side, like you, you know, scoring 25, 30 points for your team is going to make up for that. So, yeah, if she can continue to shoot, she's going to be, like, just okay. Just fine. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, just some other crazy, you know, Caitlin Clark stuff. Um, Her average distance on her shot, her three-point shot, is over 25 feet. She hit one in the title game, I believe, from 33 or 34 feet away. Um, So she's pulling up from anywhere. She's doing this contested. And I'd love to see what she can do in the WNBA where she is not the sole, and I do mean sole, focus of the other team's defense. LSU was like everybody else on this floor can beat us. We are going to play Caitlin Clark as hard as we can for 40 minutes. And you know what? Caitlin Clark still dropped 30 points.
1: Yep. Yeah. So but it's crazy. I just I just saw something and I don't know how this is possible. Genuinely. LSU shot sixty-five percent guess from what portion of the floor? Three. Yeah. 65% yeah. from three in the national championship. How is that possible?
0: I mean, it, they had 102 points. You don't score 102 points in college basketball. People only break triple digits in college basketball when they're playing an opponent in, like, I don't know, a first-round game in the NCAA tournament or you know, their season opener when Duke plays um, Southeastern Carolina Technical College of Pharmacists. You know, that's when they <laughs> score over hundred points, not, not when, not in the national title game. I mean, LSU was they could, they were just hitting buckets. Look, the ref thing was bad, which we haven't talked about, but the refs were bad. They felt like there were more, there were more bad calls against Iowa, but that doesn't mean that there weren't bad calls against LSU. I mean, they were just terrible all around. They just loved to yeah. blow the whistle. It seems like, yeah, A, I want to hear goal your on thoughts. Caitlin was egregious.
1: Well, that's what I was gonna say. It may not matter. Game's over. Blah blah blah. Officiating. What are your thoughts on the tech on Caitlin? But then the no tech on the coach like running into the ref in the middle of the play. Yeah, and like, you know, I don't know. I don't know how. I think it. it,
0: I, I I I watched back all of the highlights of Kim Mulkey because somebody did a master cut, right, of every mm-hmm. time she was in front and on the floor. Yeah, she should have. I don't know how she didn't even get a warning. She didn't even get a sideline warning, but she should have got teed up for that. The tee on Caitlyn Clark is so ridiculous. She doesn't say anything. She's clearly frustrated. They're lining up for a free throw. As is customary on free throws, there is a ref on the baseline. Caitlyn was probably just flipping the ball to the baseline because she thought there was going to be a ref there. And there wasn't a ref there. And it, this is not just college basketball. In the NBA, refs are so quick to take personal offense to every little action a player does that they just yeah. immediately... Te- and then they don't team up for complaining. This is what yeah. I don't get. Is refs will let a player complain all day, but you throw the bounce pass a mile per hour too hard and a ref's like, all right, well, I guess you have to be put in jail because yeah. that was illegal, what you just did. So yeah, the Caitlin Clark thing was egregious and quite honestly, it, it ruined kind of the end of that game because she had four fouls. It was her fourth personal and she had to come out for a little bit. Um, if I was Iowa's coach, I would have said, "There's, we have zero shot at winning this game anyway. I'm just going to let Caitlin Clark score as many points as she possibly can before she fouls out. But yeah, I'm not Iowa's coach, probably a good thing. Uh, but yeah, that it... it It was frustrating, but I understand. And I don't think Reese should have got a tech either at the end. Some people were saying that she should have got a tech for what she was doing. There's no reason to call a technical foul with 12 seconds left unless someone's punching somebody else. Just let it go. Yeah.
1: yeah. And honestly, too, like, you know, let's say Caitlin does get the T and Cam does get the technical, LSU's head coach. Doesn't change change the outcome of the game. No. No. So, you know, that's kind of a lost cause to talk about refs because most of the time – and 99.8% of all sporting events refs don't really affect the outcome so it's almost like a okay why are we talking about this but yeah
0: there are there are few times yeah when you're absolutely certain that a ref cost you a game the only thing that comes immediately to mind in an important context like this is ram saints because that missed most obvious pass interference call i've ever seen in my entire life cost the saints a super bowl trip which they have every right to complain about because that's, yep. that's true. Um, all right. Well, we talked a lot about the women's game, probably going to talk a little bit less about the men's game. Cause it was, it was kind of boring. Um,
1: yeah. Our roommate's I, happy. He's like, man, this is an Iowa podcast. Let's go.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Um, <laughs> UConn just dog walked San Diego state 76 uh, 59. There was a couple of points in the game when it got under, double digits, um, but pretty much outside of the first five minutes, it was never close. Um, David, I'm going to ask the obvious question that I already know the answer you're going to say. Is UConn now a blue blood?
1: Absolutely not. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Yeah, Um, and honestly, they're the blue blood that we kind of forgot about because this team has been actually more dominant than any other quote-unquote blue blood in the last, uh, since 2000. Um, Yeah, And I think we forgot. Um, I see in here you wrote, they have five national championships since 1999, which from that year to now, that is more national championships than any other team in college basketball. How mm-hmm. do we forget that UConn was a Blue Blood? Well, I think what's so interesting
0: is that it w- traditionally Blue Bloods have one coach that's there for 20 years and or 25 years, and that's who you, you got. And that's how you recognize them, right? Kansas, Bill Self. Kentucky – has John Calipari, although he's only been there for about a decade. And then you had Roy Williams at UNC. You had Coach K at Duke, right? We, and we think of the coaches first often when we think of these programs. We, we don't true. think of the players. Now, UConn did have Jim Calhoun, but they've had different coaches for some of these championship runs. Um, and I, I think that that's maybe why, is because UConn seems to float up to the top and then drop off the face of the earth for five years. And then float back up to the top again, and they're not winning these national titles from one seeds. You know they're not the dominant team going in. UConn was a four seed; they won every game by twenty, an average margin of victory of twenty points. But they were a four seed. They're not this. You know, oh my God, look out! UConn's undefeated, and we're in mid-January, and they're just steamrolling everybody. And they got three guys that are going to go in the lottery in the NBA draft. You got to watch yeah. out. That's just not what they're doing. So I think they kind of slip under our radar because they're not as impressive. They're much more, they're much more, I guess, a, a, a Villanova type blue blood. Cause we consider Villanova a blue blood, but even then Villanova is getting these one seats. They just don't necessarily have the players to go along with it. Yukon I I don't know they 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 just make runs they make yeah. runs that's what their their teams always do they seem to
1: underperform a little bit in the regular season they get into the tournament and they just blow everybody out yeah one well, and you mentioned regular season they finished fourth in the Big East Marquette finished uh, first they won the Big East championship I don't know about the tournament I don't have that right in front of you, but I know Marquette won regular season Big East championship Xavier second Creighton third UConn fourth uh, and mm-hmm. You know, there was a lot of conversation about the Big East because they only lost games in Big East play. And honestly, right. it makes sense. Marquette, Xavier, Creighton, UConn, Providence. One through five, the Big East made the tournament. And they were all— They were all like—
0: At least eight, five. Eight, I think eight seeds are higher for sure. I don't remember yeah. what Providence is. That's why I'm blanking. Yeah. So
1: that's impressive. And uh, you know, we know this is a basketball conference. They formed this conference around the sport of basketball. um, And that's kind of like their main sports. They don't have football still though. I mean, that's, that's pretty impressive. And um, you know, maybe if you're in the big East, you might've known, you know, about UConn and how good they'd be, but I don't know if anybody outside of that and, or just like, you know, Andy Katz, who's always just watching basketball and knows about these teams, but You know, I think for me, when they won the round of 32 game for by 20 points, I think I was like, "That's two games in a row they've won by 20." Like, should we be paying attention more? You know, and obviously we should have been because UConn walks away with its fifth national championship. Yeah, and Dan Hurley said exactly that. He he said
0: leading up to the tournament, you know, we all we had to do was get out of the Big East and make the tournament, and we'll be fine. And he was right. I mean, not only did you already point out that they hadn't lost a game outside of Big East, so no non-conference losses, but every team they played non-conference, they beat by an average margin of 10 points or more.
1: Do you every think it was one. like, I mean, obviously it could appear easy, but do you think it legitimately the turnout was kind of easy for them because of how tough the Big East was? Or do you yeah, think they I
0: were mean, I think they were battle-tested. Uh, obviously, they got it. I mean, Sanogo was... SunoGo was insane the whole tournament. He was just yeah. dominant. Their team could do everything. They didn't. They didn't have the problem that a lot of teams do, where if the three, if, in the modern NCAA, if the three is not hitting, like eighty percent of teams are just done. They're just yeah. out of it immediately. UConn didn't have that problem because they're so good inside and so good defensively. And SunoGo like makes other teams' bigs look like they're playing in JV. I mean, so. Yeah, I, I think that the Big East battle tested them enough. Um, and, you know, maybe maybe they had a little bit weaker non-com than, than some of the, you know, big schools like Kansas. But, I, I mean, you got to ask, may, the, is this why a team like UConn can do this and a team like Gonzaga can't? Mm. You know, Gonzaga Conference. is also kind of of this mold of, you know, a lot of their guys aren't number one overall NBA guys, but they, they get a lot of really good prospects, um, but they don't play in a strong conference and they're not battle tested in conference and they haven't been able to finish it out yet. Um, so, and, and I think you, you have to credit Dan Hurley, right? And obviously he's mm-hmm. a great coach. Um, probably the most passionate coach in college basketball, just from what I've seen. I mean, he really lives and dies with everything that happens on the court. Um, yeah, well, I don't know what's, in the water in connecticut but it's working
1: yeah one of my favorite quotes from him and i believe it was like you know that opening interview when a coach is hired they um kind of talk to the press and it's a welcome but i remember him it's been kind of floating around him saying like uconn basketball is coming and people better be ready you know and and better better stop us before we can get there and he was right because you know, I, I don't know exactly how many years he's been there, but pretty quickly he's got himself a championship and, uh, it's, it's almost like it's the, the fairly Dickinson coach saying like, I think we can beat Purdue and it actually happening. It's just always cool to see that, you know, like, wow, that like he's not just saying that cause he's a hothead. Like, you know, these people believe that and what, what an expectation to put on yourself as a head coach at, you know, day one of a program and for that to, to follow through and for that to happen. So mm-hmm. really, really awesome. Um, it's kind of, I get the UCLA vibes of like, this team's a blue blood, but I kind of enjoy watching them. You know what I mean? Like, a lot of blue mm-hmm. bloods, you're like, can we get Kansas and do we get Duke out of here and this? But like, now it's kind of, I kind of enjoyed watching them. So I don't know if that's the correct way to respond or, <laughs> but. Yeah, I, I, well, right. They're, they're a blue blood now. I think you have to consider them
0: now. Obviously, the five titles in 24 years, there's no arguing with that. But they They haven't had this long dominance, and they don't have a villain right now because everybody likes Dan Hurley. Now, you know, as much as people love to build others up, they also love to tear them down, so it's possible that Dan Hurley gets built up to a spot where everybody's all enamored with with what Yukon is doing and then completely just you know wants to wants to bring him back to Earth. Yeah, but yeah, I just want to so since since 2000. Right. This this team has won a lot of games and won four or five national titles. But they they go through these lulls. So 2016, they won 25 games. And then they won 16. They went 16 and 17, 14 and 18, 16 and 17. And then in 2019, 2020, the year that COVID um, kind of messed with stuff, 1912 and they went 15 and 8 2020 2021 2021 2022 23 and 10 and 31 and 8 so they they went through a long lull period between their mm. last real successful season and this one um mm. cuz they they won the title in 2013 had a good season the next two years dropped off the face of the earth you know and so they've had a couple of seasons where they've missed the NCAA tournament um, but of of the ones that they've made it since two thousand and three. They've made one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. They've made twelve NCAA tournaments. They've won four of them. Okay? And of the ones that they haven't won, they made it to the elite eight once and the final four once. Every other time they got knocked out in the first or second round. So you know, well, when, yeah, when when they're gonna do it, they're really gonna do it, yeah. And and that's that's three different coaches that won those four titles. Two of them, Jim Calhoun, one of them, Kevin Olley, and one of them, Dan Hurley. So mm-hmm. they're that's tough they to have do. Success there. That's yeah. tough with three different coaches. Like Mizzou wow. can't even make a Final Four. Hey, next year. Sorry, Sorry. Yeah, no. Um. All right. Anyway, San Diego Bro, State. S-
1: You see Caleb Loves and the transfer reporter and 24-7 sports is saying he'll go back to Mizzou. Not back, but he'll go to Mizzou. Big stuff.
0: Ooh, I'm waiting with bated breath for 24-7 sports. You know what happened? You stop. Didn't we have this conversation already? They are the Chargers. Stop believing that they're going to change. They're not. They're going to disappoint you, David. Hey,
1: man, 25 wins in year one. That's pretty impressive.
0: Mm, who they that. lose to? Who'd they lose to again in the round of 32? What team? They A
1: team to? that went to the Sweet 16. Yeah, absolutely. What, what 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 team was that again? They're really smart, the team. Just really yeah, they're geniuses. Yeah, yeah.
0: Can you just say the name for me? Princetons. Yeah. And what seed were they?
1: They made the tournament. That's all that matters. What seed? Hey. You know as well as anybody. Once you get in the tournament, it does not matter what seed you are. Stop. Yes, it does. It still matters. All right, bro. Missouri is one of the only teams in
0: NCAA history, one of the only Power Five teams to lose to a fifteen seed twice.
1: But that means we were a two seed. So is there positive in that? Once <laughs> we kidding. were a two seed one time, and yeah, <laughs> okay. Anyway. I'm just trying to find the light in it. <laughs>
0: anyway, San Diego State um, can't <laughs> be. Can't be understated how how good they were up until this point. I mean, they will always have one of the all-time tournament moments with the Final Four buzzer beater. Mm-hmm. They they were great defensively throughout the tournament. This is kind of a redemption uh, year for them because during COVID, they, I believe, were like a two- or 3 lost team and were going to be a one- or two-seed. And yeah. then the tournament got canceled. Um, so they were kind of that was kind of a lost year for them. They they just got overwhelmed in real every aspect. I mean, this was a, kind of a slugfest at times, and UConn was just better equipped for for that sort of play style. Um, David, is there anything else that you want to hit? I mean, this wasn't a super exciting, exciting turn na- national championship. I mean, we got one great Final Four game. That's good, you know, but mm-hmm. kind of ended with a whimper.
1: Yeah, I – um, man, it just felt like this entire game, it, it stayed from t- it stayed within 10 to 15-point UConn lead. And, like, San Diego State would go, like, on a 6-0 run and bring it to 9 or 10, and then Sunogo and UConn would answer. Like, they just could not be stopped. And I know I turned it back on with five minutes left in the game because San Diego State got within five. And I was like, oh, here we go, like, finally. Because um, mm. out of the tunnel – Hallie Rowe, I think, was on it. She was saying that the San Diego State was playing six at ten, six at ten, and they were thinking like, if I if they can cut it to six at the ten minute mark, they have a chance. And I, you know, this is the five minute mark, but cut it to five. It's like, okay, is this like the break they needed? Like they got momentum, they're feeling it, but they just could not stop this UConn team, and a, a UConn team that, well, they, I mean, they were hitting shots. Um, they didn't have any struggle with that, but was just able to score from anywhere. It's just really hard to stop this team. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. it, it was impressive. I mean, they hit six threes, which I, that's that's not like an insane amount, but that's not bad. It's pretty good. But, um, I mean, yeah, this team yeah, shot 20, 27 free throws, hit 24 of them. Um, that alone is impressive too. So
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The free throws were a huge part of it. Uh, one last thing to mention. Um, Sinogo much of the tournament, um, he was, was during Ramadan, um, which is yeah. a Muslim holiday where him and two others, yeah, him and two other players on Yukon were, who are practicing Muslims were fasting. Um, and I don't know a whole lot about Ramadan, but what I do know is that you cannot eat or drink anything from sunup to sundown. And they were playing tournament games in the afternoon. So Sunogo was dominating people and then couldn't even take a drink of water during a timeout. I, it, this is not the first time a major athlete has done this. Um, Hakeem Olajuwon actually did this in the NBA Finals one year, I believe, or in the playoffs, um, which is also just impressive. But I, I, can't, I, I just can't imagine how insane, you can dude. play at a Division One level. You haven't eaten all day. And you're not – you can't drink any
1: water. I, I, how? Because we've both played basketball and like Five nothing. Five minutes in, I'm like, can I get a water break? You <sighs> have to. Yeah. I just – I don't know. And like a lot bigger than us too. Like he's got a lot more wo- body to have to fill with that water. You know what I mean? Like dude's got knees. Big old water body. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's like I, I don't know how they did that. I was very impressed. Also, shout out. Not to change subject quick, but Tristan Newton, who also had a double-double, him and Sonogo, um played very well all tournament, but had his best game in the national championship, 19 points, 10 rebounds. Uh, mm-hmm. Didn't miss a free throw. So, yeah, this, this team just – it really felt like anything that San Diego State had, like they just had an answer for. Whether it was a ridiculous mm-hmm. three-point shot or just a beautiful pick-and-roll or post-play move, whatever it was, like UConn was ready. And I think that's testament to the players and the coaching and the prep, just really everybody. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, Mm -hmm. 4C out of nowhere, I guess. UConn knew, but no one else did. Yeah, congrats. Congrats to UConn.
0: Also congrats to David, who won our uh, bracket pool because he he picked UConn to go further than anybody else, which is
1: why he won. I limped to the finish line. I limped.
0: Yeah, it was it was down to what was it that UCLA Gonzaga game, and because no,
1: it was UConn Gonzaga. Gonzaga. If if uh, Gonzaga would have won, you would have won the tournament. Oh, but yeah. because you, okay. UConn won, I won. It was late between yeah. that game. Yeah, so that was
0: tough. Um, tough for me. Never easy to lose to David, especially because he's you know so so not humble about it. He was he was doing the you can't see me taunt in my face, and then pointing at his ring finger. Yeah. Just Oh yeah, I drove I drove down to Cape Girardeau just to oh, do that. Seven hour seven hour drive just to taunt me. Um, that's yeah. that's the kind of man David is. That's the commitment he has to to winning something we didn't even put money on. Amen. So, yeah. Yeah. Amen, I guess. Um David, do the outro before you
1: do something else dumb. Bring up Trump or something. Yeah. yeah just and <laughs> yeah. this. <laughs> Oh, this has been What Do You Want to Watch? Uh, Nathan English and David Dirks talking it up. You've been listening to it, and we've been chatting about it. See ya.
0: Bye.